the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Drawing near to God, that is a challenge for many Christians. And drawing near to God consistently, even more of a challenge. We'll help you out next on Truth For Today. Valley Bible Church, right here in Hercules, we greet you in Christ and welcome you. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard takes us back to God's Word as he shows us how we can effectively and consistently draw near to the Lord. It is a call, it's a challenge and a command from God to stay close to Him. So how do we do this on a regular basis? Well, I'm glad you asked. Stick around for the next half hour. Join us and find out. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Now, he tells them ten imperatives. I'm going to break them all from verse 7 through 12. Ten imperatives. Do this, do this, do this. If you want to get back and get right with God, first thing you need to do is submit to God. What does it mean to submit to God? Let me say it as easy and as simple as I know. When were you obeying? Temples I know. When were you obeying? In servant. That you obey God. That's simple. When you were just obeying. We can talk about submission, getting low, underneath. All. It's just, there's one Lord and you obey. Submission is obedience. And then he said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. What a promise. He will flee from you. Remember Jesus? Jesus used three verses and the devil left him. Isn't that interesting? He just quoted three verses. Three verses and the devil left him. Did you know that? When the devil's talking to you, if you just quote scripture to him, he'll get sick of hearing it and he'll leave you alone. Do you know enough Bible to resist the devil? Do you know when the devil's lying to you? Your mother-in-law isn't the devil. And everything you think isn't necessarily the devil. But he's a, he lies about God. He wants to deceive you about God. He wants you to doubt God. He wants to discourage you. And so take the shield of faith. Taking up the sword of the spirit. Which are the words of God. And so he says resist him. Because when he, when he roars, he scares us. I, I had a, a man tell me he went to on a safari. It was a miniature one in South Africa. <clears throat> and he was quoting what some of the pastors told him about big game hunters that went to Africa. He said that it's very interesting. If they wanted to hunt for lions, they'd have the guide taking them, which would be a local uh, African and, and mo- they would tell the story how many of those big game hunters 
they, here's the line, and it would just stop. Said you had less than maybe two seconds to pull off a shot. Two seconds, maybe. He said, because once it pounced, they were paralyzed. And he said, guys would constantly just say, they would just freeze. In other words, and be the guy that would pull off the shot. Because fear frees them. And the scripture says, the devil will scare the daylights out of you. You want to run. You want to flee. Fight or flight. You want to flee. He said, don't flee. Stand. Resist him. Satan, you're a liar. Satan, you're a liar. You're deceiving me. You're lying to me. You're trying to discourage me. You're telling me to leave my wife. Leave the church. Give up this. Give up. Resist him. You're in spiritual warfare for your life. Resist his lies. Resist him. Resist. Stand. Stand. Don't flee. But so many in church, they're not even aware we're in warfare. They're looking for the reign of Christ. Hey, it's not here yet. And Satan will have to be bound for us to have that reign. Resist the devil. After you've submitted to God, the positive side is resist God's enemy. Don't let him. Don't let him have your kids. Don't let him run your house. Don't let him run your mind. Don't let him run your mouth. I'm not your child anymore. I'm not under the control of Satan. This is no battle for pansies. You've got to take the armor of God, the word of God, and trust the spirit of God to say, I resist. I'm, I'm not giving in to you. I shall not live by bread alone. Angels will bear me up, but I will not tempt the Lord my God. Keep all your worldly offers. I take the cross before I get the kingdom. I will embrace it. Stand. Stand. Or lose everything. Or lose everything. Then he comes to draw nigh unto God. I had a man tell me one time, I said, we need to draw an eye to God. He said, that's unbiblical. And I said, really? He said, God's everywhere. He said, God's everywhere. So I got mad and studied. And just to win the argument. And not really, but I wanted to be sure. Is that biblical language? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Is that biblical language? Seek the Lord. Call on his name. Uh... You know, all this kind of language, what is he talking about? Well, uh, what he is saying is it's used three ways. The presence of the Lord used three ways. Number one, it speaks about where God hangs out. God's got a street address in the third heavens. God's got an address. Angels know where to find him. Satan knew where to go to find him. There is a throne up there. Uh, there is a place called heaven. And we're not talking about where the stars are. The first heaven you see by day, atmosphere. Second heaven, by night, stratosphere. Third heaven you see by faith. It's where God's throne is. Okay. Paul was caught up to the third third heaven. Uh, So they're there. So it's a real locality. God emphasizes his nature in a particular place where spirit beings can find him. 
and report. You remember Satan, even when he was going up and down the earth looking for a man to try like Job, he had to go to the throne and get permission. So there's a place. Two, God's nature. God's nature says, I am everywhere there's anything created. Everything that's ever been created, I am there. That's how vast, infinite, and immense I happen to be. And that goes beyond stars, molecules, anything, anything of created matter, God is present to it. Now, animism said he's one with it. He's not one with nature. God and a redwood tree are not related. The the God isn't in the redwood tree. He's present with it. And what mankind and idolatry said, they worship the creature instead of the creator. So our God is vast. You may not know this. How would I? I don't know how. Let's say... This is the whole universe. I mean, we're going beyond the Milky Way, how far out there it goes. I mean, whatever has been created, whatever, God is bigger. Did you know that God goes beyond his creation? But, this is a little, but he stops somewhere. Why just keep going on and on and on? I'm over all creation. But I, I've set limits. I think it's John 7. He set limits on how big he is. He didn't need to. There's nobody out there to show. The Trinity already knows how big they are. And then there's the use of God's presence to be described by his face, by relational, personal drawing nigh. And that's what he means. Come nigh to God as a person, as a father. Draw nigh to him. Well, James, you don't you haven't told me how. I think he tells four ways you can draw nigh. Number one, get clean before God. Cleanse yourself, your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. Have you gotten clean? They knew in the Old Testament you couldn't be going into God's presence without ceremonial cleansing, without sacrificial blood. God is saying, get clean. Take 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sinful attitudes, sinful whatever. Uh, take Ephesians 5, the word that's like a bar of soap. You need to wash yourself in God's presence. Just get in God's presence. We heard a speaker this summer said, name it, confess it. Name what what you're doing before God. Name it. Take off the fig leaves and, and go be honest before God. Do you ever honestly just name what you're doing? And I've said before, uh, I did a message one time on 1 John 1, 9 and gave the word for confess and it's homilageo nice little word but it means to call it the same name name it and then but what was ruinous about it is, is Carolyn heard the sermon and so the next time we had a disagreement or a spat or when I needed to apologize I did my typical uh, uh, Carolyn, uh, forgive me. 
And I thought that was sufficient. She said, for what? You said you had to name it. I said, Carolyn, that's cruel. (laughs) Forgive you for what? You know. (laughs) Come on, cut me some space. She said, I'd like to hear what you did. Oh. I I was hateful. Uh, I went out the door, didn't wait on you. I slammed the door on your leg. Uh, I mean, I have to go, I have to name those things. Come on, in enough. Just forgive me. I don't want to talk about it. Name it. And don't claim it. Just name it. You need to get clean. Some of you, you know why you've been on the pew so long? You refuse to get clean. You're too dirty for God to use. You're sleeping with the wrong person. You're sleeping with pornography. You're sleeping with a bad attitude. There's people you don't like in the church and you, you've come to hate them. No wonder God's not answering your prayers. You've got to get clean. You've got to get rid of all this hate, all this filth, all this lust. Hey, get, we're surrounded with it. Don't say we're not. Don't tell me we don't get dirty. Get in his presence. Lord, I want to take a, I, I need a bath right now. I got to get clean. I'm going to draw nigh. And I can't play around and hide my sins. I want to tell you first. I need to be restored. Draw nigh by getting clean. Verse 9. Draw nigh by getting serious enough to repent. Listen to what he says. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. My, can't imagine a church service, people hearing this saying, Good night, I'm going to go to church here. This is a wacko church. Nobody telling me to mourn. Nobody telling me, uh, you know, to uh, turn. I'm on party time, honey. I want to at least throw one more more last dance before the Titanic goes down. Could you put on, I feel good. You feel good. Well, you're going to feel like drowning. Time's running out. It ran out for James. In other words, James says, you need to take your condition serious enough to repent. I was listening to Mississippi Mass Choir a while back. They do amazing graces. Only our black brothers can do. And uh, they just had some kids do some rapping. And they were trying to say, well, Mississippi, you're old-fashioned and you don't keep up with rapping. And, and so the choir director who's died since then, he, he said, let me, let me sing amazing grace like we did. And they started singing it. And uh, it came to one part they just started humming it. I remember him saying, sometimes I like to just groan in his presence and mourn. And they started groaning, the choirs with him. Sometimes I just want to uh, get in his presence so I can mourn and weep over my condition. I've seen that a lot of times I want to belong to a black church just so I can mourn, so I can groan. I don't want all the folks upset. Sometimes I just feel like groaning. 
Sometimes I feel like wailing. My condition and the condition of this world, I don't feel like a smile. I feel heavy. I feel sorrowful. I don't like what's happening to this country. I don't know. I don't like this racism that's boiling again. I don't like it. I hate it. I'm sick of some Christians more in love with politics than they are in humbling themselves and coming before God. I'll see if they're at the prayer meeting tonight. Let's see who comes back for prayer tonight. Won't be a concert. It'll be just going vertical. And he says, James says, I want you to wail. I want you to weep. I want you to take your condition serious. Did any of you ever grow up on altars? Altar call? Yeah. I grew up in churches. We had all mourners bench. It wasn't Catholic liturgy altar. It was places where the saints prayed. Anybody grow up with that? Three of you? Oh, four. I remember, well, I would only get to see Carolyn on the weekends. We were in high school. But about that time, the folks had gotten so hooked on alcohol, they were drinking a lot, fighting a lot. And she was watching the demise of a home that she held dear. Mom and dad, that for years, just great memories, whatever, then booze came into that family. They both were spending nearly all nights in bars and this and that. Stories told over a million times. They grew apart. And I'd only get to see her maybe Friday or Saturday. But I remember if we were in revival meetings or any things we held, many a night waiting. And I went over there, I thought, I at least am going to get a kiss before I go back to Richmond. <laughs> and she'd be in the altar praying, weeping, interceding for her mom and dad. God, save my mom, save my dad. Prevent this divorce. You see, we didn't grow up. We didn't have money to go to counselors. We just had an altar. And many times I fought being ticked. Why can't she pray later? I need a lip lock. (laughs) And she's down there at that altar. I grew up with a sister that was the youth leader at 15th and Cutting. And I learned to pray because I went to church with her when she went. Never seen a woman or anyone get on their knees and immediately into tears so much. I mean, it, she knelt, handkerchief out, and she started interceding for the kids that would come to youth group. There's only about 10 of us. You think she's praying over the whole world, weeping interceding. Why can't you get that emotional about God and souls and our spiritual condition? I don't want an emotional church. I want a nice church. I want a guy just to preach but don't have any emotion. No, you don't have any emotion because you're dead towards God. When you know God, you get God's emotions. If he could weep over Jerusalem, I could weep over this place. And you can too. Mourn our condition. I mourn the fact we desperately need revival. I mourn that every youth group that's gone through this church, we never retain over 5% of them. 
Only 5% for every. And we've had great youth leaders. Ted Montoya spoke. Manny had him yesterday. That was a great thing to do, Manny. Spoke at our volleyball madness playoff. And we knew Leonardo would pick it off again. Our family's fighting hate. Now, heard they had a great playoff. But, you know, we've had great, we've had Ted, we've had uh, Paul Crandall, we've had Dave uh, Hurtado. We've had one, Manny's doing a great job. Yeah, but you know what? It just bothers me. If 50 kids go through, I'm hoping that in three years after high school, will they still be in church? Or did we just entertain them, feed them? And do our best to reach them. But why such an attrition rate? I mourn the loss of another generation. I'm praying God save grandchildren in my family. How can you be the grandfather, a preacher and a grandfather, and have unsaved grandchildren? I'll tell you, you never graduate from waiting on God for the next generation. You never get tired of it. Verse 10, he says, uh, draw nigh to God by his repeated theme, like Peter, humble yourself. And I think this humility is just admit you're desperately in need. Laodicea, you tell me you're rich, you tell me you can see, you tell me you're clothed, and my lands, I find you poor, I find you blind, I've got an opposite diagnosis on you. And then, He says, by the way, drawing nigh to God would make you start loving the brethren and to stop judging them. You're not qualified to judge. 1 Corinthians 4, Paul said, judge nothing before that time. Then the Lord will judge the motives of the heart. You only have an opinion, but don't judge your brother. Leave that up to God. He's much more accurate. Is he not? Whose hands do you want to fall into? A critical brother or a loving father? And nobody knows more about you than your father. Gone too long. Let me pray. Father, I would that we can come back tonight and that burdens are lifted at Calvary and burdens are lifted when we cast We desperately need the repentance, the seriousness to draw nigh. You're not impressed with size. You're not impressed with numbers. You said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth that he may show himself mighty on behalf of him whose heart is right towards Jehovah. I pray you'll find some righteous people here that can get a prayer through. For the prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Hear us, Lord, as we are desperately dependent. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is Truth For Today radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truth fortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 